Well, amen. We're so grateful that you're at the Way Bible Church tonight. Thank you all so much for being here. Hey, at TWBC, we believe in two things. We believe in getting very serious in the presence of God, and we believe getting very serious with the Word of God, but we also believe in having a lot of fun as believers. I believe if you're not having fun as a Christian, you're doing it wrong. Can I get an amen on that? And so I, so I hope you're having a fun time tonight, but now we want to get into the presence of God at a level that, that is unprecedented for your Christmas Eve services. And one thing that I so enjoyed as a kid growing up is whenever the, the, the pastor of the church I was growing up at would take a few moments in, on Christmas Eve services and he would sit down at the very front. And me as a little boy would be able to come to the front and just listen to a special message that he had prepared just for the kids. And so we're going to do something like that that's very special tonight. I'm going to ask my wife to come join me tonight uh, as we do this. And first I want to do, if you're a parent here and you have a child that is birthed through the ages uh, of, of four years old, if you guys want to come and make your way up first and then just have a seat along the front here. And then any other kids that are younger than second grade, if you can sit on this side. And any kids that are third and fourth grade, we want you to sit on this side because we're going to give every child that's here tonight a gift. And so if you guys want to start making your way up to the front, if you would let the parents with the infants and, and four years and younger make their way to the front first. And then all the three and four year old kids or the third and fourth grade kids, if y'all would sit over here and all the other kids uh, would sit over here. And adults, as you're watching this take place tonight, begin to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse eight. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number eight. And then also, if you would, put your thumb in Revelation chapter 19, verse number 10. I love always getting to say this every Sunday morning when our kids are leaving and going to the back with our directors. I always say this, our kids are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has great and mighty plans for their life. They're going to be leaders on this earth and leaders among this generation and the next. And so we believe we got a world of, of uh, uh, a group of generation leaders and changers up here at the front. And we do want to encourage you, if you are in the balcony and you have kids, they're welcome to come to the front. We're not going to miss out on you. Um, and so y'all give all the kids a good hand clap of praise. Amen. Hey, are you guys super excited you get to stay up way past your bedtime tonight? Amen. That's so awesome. Hey, did y'all eat a lot of good food today? Right? Did you eat too much today? Hey, I want everybody to scoot in here with me real close because I want to get in here and I want to talk to just you guys. So everybody scoot in real close. And I want to tell you one of my favorite parts of the Christmas story. And one of my favorite parts of the Christmas story is this. I love it when the wise men came to see Jesus. That is one of my favorite parts of the Christmas story. And we know what happened that they saw a star and they followed a star and they followed it all the way to Bethlehem and they asked the king, what would this be about? And the king was really upset about it, but they found their way after searching all the way to baby Jesus or the child Jesus, as the Bible says. And I want to pick up reading there. And it says this in Matthew chapter 2, verse number 10. And it says, when they saw the star... They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and they worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And so the first thing that people did when they saw Jesus was they gave him gifts. And as I began to grow and as I get older, I realized this. The greatest gift you can ever give Jesus is the gift of what you have in your heart. It is you. Jesus, Jesus, I'm sure he was very blessed by the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh. And there's a lot of deep meaning that goes into that. But more than that, I believe he was blessed by people who traveled for about two years to come and worship him. 
as he came and he was a baby. And so tonight, as you guys are gathered here, just as the, the wise men came and gave gifts to Jesus, we at the Way Bible Church, we want to give every one of you a present. Now, some of you may have already opened up your Christmas presents, or at least some of them, right? Have you opened your presents? Raise your hand. No. Do you got something to open tomorrow? Raise your other hand. If you're just excited, raise both hands. All right. And so this is, this is what we want to do. There was a time when Jesus was walking down the road when he was an adult in his ministry. And little children came up to see Jesus. And the disciples tried to say, no, keep the children away. But Jesus said something completely different. He said, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them and do not stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And so the, Jesus said there's very, some, something very special about the heart of a child. That the whole kingdom would belong to people who have the heart of a child and would trust him with that kind of faith like a child would. And so as, at TWBC, the Bible says to bless the children when they come. And we hope that when we give you a present tonight, we're giving you a lot more than just a gift. We want you to know that you're very, very special to us at the Way Bible Church. We love having kids and we love having your friends come with you to church. And we love you and we think you're pretty important. So much so that we want to pour everything that we have into this generation, into the rage generation that's over there in the youth group. And we want to show you how much we love you and give you gifts tonight. Because the gifts serve a certain purpose. They serve the first purpose, which is value. You're very valuable to us. And so we wanted to bless you tonight and say thank you so much for being here. It serves a second purpose. It serves the purpose that we want to pour into your life. We want to give you something because we believe that God has a very special plan for every one of you that's up here. So much so that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that he would die for you one day on a cross and forgive all your sins so you could live fully for him. And thirdly, we believe this, that your future is so bright that we should pour into you a ton right now as children. So when you get old, you'll truly do this. When you get to be my age, you'll be able to do this. You'll be leaders among your generations. You'll be great leaders. And God didn't make any accidents. And I believe every one of you is going to be an amazing leader for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we believe so much in you. We want to bless you tonight and give you a gift. We believe in you just the exact same way that Jesus did. That we want to bless you and we want to pray over you. So as I'm going to pray over you in just a second, we're going to get prepared to give you gifts. And so if everybody who's here tonight, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And all the adults and people in the room, stretch your hand towards these kids. And Father God, your word says that we should never leave these little ones, lead these little ones astray. It would be better for a millstone to be tied around our neck and us be thrown into the sea if we led them astray. So God, we do just the exact opposite. We pour into them. We invest into them. I thank you, Lord God, that we have uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers being risen up. And I thank you, God, for the careers of all these men and women that are here. And yes, I call them men and women because they will grow one day into be mighty men and women upon this earth. They'll be mighty for your kingdom's sake. And God, I'm so grateful grateful that you've risen up some of these peoples to be doctors, lawyers, and Lord God, you've risen them up to be policemen and firemen, Lord God, nurses and other things and other professions so that when there's a crisis in this world, we will have prophets on the scene of police car, uh, of accidents in police cars. We'll have pastors on the scenes of emergency rooms as they're being wheeled into the ER. We'll have, we'll have apostles who aren't just great at being apostles, but they're great lawyers, they're great administrators, they're great governors. And Lord God, I wouldn't even be 
surprised if one day the president of the United States itself was risen up out of this group of young people. I believe in our young people that much. And so God, we invest into them tonight at a very high level. And as we give them a gift, we do more than give them a gift. We give them a prophetic anointing that they will always hear your voice. And the voice of a stranger they will not follow. They will always see your goodness. And the things they see that don't line up with your goodness, it'll turn their hearts even more to you. And Lord God, I thank you for the day of their salvation. When they become born again, if they're not born again already. Lord God, that they wouldn't just receive you the way I received you. They would receive the fullness of you. With all the power that comes with being a believer. And so Lord God, I thank you that you'll fill them with your Holy Spirit at even a young age. Lord God, because your word says, and even a little child will lead them. And out of the mouths of infants and babes, you have ordained praise. And so we do not take lightly the mantle of these kids, and we bless their lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. 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 Y'all give our kids a big hand clap of praise. All right, now if if all of you would just begin to stand up, and they have your gifts ready for you, junior coaches, if you would just come down the sides and begin to hand out the gifts. If you are third and fourth grade, we got, we got a gift for you over here. And go to Miss Katie and Miss Callie. They're going to be handing them out. And if you are um, uh, second grade on down over here, the junior coaches will give you guys a gift. So y'all grab your gifts from, from the Briggs kids over there, your junior coaches. And adults, if you would, open up your Bibles, if you haven't found it already, to Hebrews chapter number 13. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 8 is where we're going to kick this thing off at tonight. And also, if you would, begin to turn over in your Bibles to Revelation 19, verse number 10. If you've downloaded the TWBC app, you can find that in your Bible in your TWBC app. If you haven't downloaded it, go to TWBCSS, and you can search that in your app store and be able to download it there as well. You guys, as our kids are being seated, give them one more big hand clap of praise tonight. When you found Hebrews chapter number 13, verse 8, say, I'm there. Say, I'm ready. Say, God, speak to me. All right. The word of God says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 8, it says, Jesus Christ, fill this in with me, is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And Revelation 19, 10 says this, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The title of this evening's message is this. It's I lost Jesus. I lost Jesus. And I'm pretty sure you've never heard a Christmas message with that title before because most of it's I found Jesus. But tonight the title of this evening's message is I lost Jesus. And we've been in a series throughout the beginning of the November of a series called Thanksgiving. The first four weeks were about giving. Uh, we're all about thanks. The last four weeks have all about been about giving. And we want to say thank you to all of those who have brought gifts over here for our Region 4 kids. These are the kids that get uh, taken out of households through CPS reasons. And we wanted to uh, bless the CPS resource room and give them all the needs and fulfill all their needs that they have for the year of 2017. And we've got an amazing start. I know that some of you have given cash donations and we're going to go to whatever stores we need to after this week is done and buy all the rest of the stuff that they need. And we're going to completely fund the resource room of Region 4 for CPS uh, here in the Northeast Texas area. So y'all give God a big hand clap of praise for the amazing work he's done in that. 
And as we were in this series, we've talked about thanks and we've talked about giving. And we know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And we've given that verse a a definition. And that definition is immutable. And that means unchanging over time or unable to be changed. And I'm so glad about this. God is unable to be changed by my circumstances. But we serve an all-powerful God who can change every circumstance that I have. Amen. And so we know that God is immutable. He is unchanging over time. And he is unable to be changed. And we also use this verse, Revelation 19.10, worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And what that means is that for for the testimony, what Jesus has done, the testimony of Jesus, the things Jesus has done throughout your lifetime and throughout all of history, for what Jesus has done is the spirit of prophecy or what Jesus is about to do. Again, we really believe that. I believe with all my heart that Jesus has set into course the spirit of prophecy. And when we will begin to rehearse the testimony, about what Jesus has done, whether they be miracles in the Bible, whether they be amazing things we've witnessed throughout biblical history, whether they be amazing things we've witnessed throughout church history, whether they be amazing things in your life, if we will begin to rehearse the testimony about what he's done, it builds our faith and sets us up for a spirit of prophecy for what he's about to do in our life. Amen. And I love that so much because when you've heard of somebody else getting a miracle, if you'll celebrate that miracle, it's setting you up for the spirit of prophecy so God can do a miracle in your life. Amen. And so I believe this, that the testimony of what Jesus has done is the spirit of prophecy of what he's about to do. And some of you need to get ready because before the year 2016 is done, the miracle you've been praying for will happen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And I don't say that lightly. I believe some of you have been standing and praying and been rejoicing when others rejoice. And God says, I am setting you up to do a work in your life and it's going to happen before 2016 is done. And so we've been in this series and we talked about um, as a believers, we do not live in reaction to the darkness or the problem, but we live in response to God. We do not live in reaction to darkness or problems. We live in response to God. That's the reason that we're funding the CPS resource room. And why we do that is because we don't don't react to the problem that they needed help. We listen to the voice of God and we respond to the voice of God and we fix a problem rather than just reacting to something. So as believers, we do not react or respond or react to darkness. We respond to the voice of God. And then we've also talked about this that as we move forward. In um, ignorance asks for understanding, unbelief asks for proof. Ignorance asks for understanding and unbelief asks for proof. So when there's something God is about to do in your life that you don't understand, don't ask for proof, ask for understanding. And we learned this between Mary and Zechariah. And Zechariah made a statement that said he didn't believe where Mary just asked a question saying, How's this going to happen in my life? I need understanding of what's going to take place. And so we need to know as believers that it's okay to not understand, but in your understanding, don't be a doubter and ask for proof. In your lack of understanding, say, God, I need to understand how you're going to do this in my life, and I'm going to follow you according to the word of God. And even Mary said, let it be unto me according to your word. And then we talked about last week, our faith will only grow to the extent that we see the goodness of God. And so we believe at TWBC, we as the church should be the best representation the world will ever see of the goodness of God. Amen. I believe in my life and in your life and in the church life, a church as a whole, not just TWBC, that we should be a shining example of God's goodness. Come on now. And we should not be a reflection of God's wrath. Amen. The funny thing is, 
Many people look at the church and don't come to church because we're more of a reflection of the judgment of what we would call of God and the wrath of God rather than his goodness. I believe we should be such an example of his goodness that sinners run to the church just like they ran to Jesus. That sick people run to the church just like they ran to Jesus for healing. That blind people run to the church because of our goodness and not us standing from our pedestals and looking down and telling them how bad they've been. Come on now. Now listen, if we would begin to display God's goodness, people would begin to believe at a higher level than they've ever believed before. If we as the church would begin to display God's goodness, people would actually believe in the church again that we serve a good God, right? And so in our lives, we've got to begin to show the goodness of God in every area. And some of you tonight are going to get to receive some of the goodness of God at the end of service. We want to give some gifts away to everyone else who's fifth grade and up. And so we want you to see the goodness of God. And so I want to read the story of Mary, as we've read a couple times over the past few weeks. It's in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And the Bible says this, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city um, of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord your God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High God will overshadow you. And therefore the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this the sixth month of her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And I want to stop right there because as I was reading that, God let your Holy Spirit come and just overshadow us. Because until the overshadowing happens, the impossible still exists. But God, as the overshadowing of your Holy Spirit happens, I thank you that nothing will be impossible for us as believers. And so we choose to believe in you and your goodness And all that you're going to do. And Mary responded, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And now we know in this story, Mary was able to see what Joseph could not see until the angel showed up to Joseph in a dream and revealed the goodness of God to him also. And he could only believe to the extent of what he could see, the goodness of God. And now, as we jump into the fullness of where we're wanting to get to, many of us see and have an experience with the goodness of God, but what happens in your life when the element of time begins to set in? There are many of you that have received and seen the goodness of God operate in your life at a high level. If you're born again, say, I am. You've seen and experienced the goodness of God operate in your life at a high level if you're born again. But what happens... In your life, when the element of time begins to occur, what begins to go on in your life when the element of time begins to take its place? Many people praise Mary for the Christmas story, but forget she was on a 33-year journey with Jesus, right? Many people praise Mary for the Christmas story, but forget she was on a 33-year journey with Jesus. Christmas was just the beginning of her journey,
Some of you, when you got born again, you celebrated like nobody's business and you should, but you didn't realize that was just the beginning of your journey with Jesus, not the ending of your journey with Jesus. See, I want to encourage you tonight that if you got born again and you are born again, you, had the most, you have the most important thing in your life to celebrate ever because that was your Christmas day. And that being your Christmas day, you started on a journey that was the beginning, not the ending. And so many of us praise Mary for the Christmas story, but the very same people who praise her for the Christmas story are grief-stricken by her at the end of Jesus' life. And can I tell you, you are on the beginning of your journey with Jesus the day you got born again. And on the beginning of this journey with Jesus, on the day you were born again, I want you to begin to understand that people in your moment of goodness, when you see the goodness of God, people will come and go out of your life. Mary was on a 33-year journey with Jesus Christ, and I'm telling you, the people who were with her at the end of the journey weren't the same people who were with her at the beginning of the journey. And some of you are grieving over people who are not in your life right now when you're on the journey when they weren't meant to be with you for the full journey. And if they weren't meant to be with you for the full journey, why are you grieving over something that's not supposed to be with you right now? And so people will come and go out of your life on your journey with Jesus. Listen, the shepherds were there at the beginning, but they weren't there at the ending. Come on now. The wise men came two years later. They were there at a one point, and they celebrated the goodness, but they weren't there at the end point. Listen, Joseph, even Jesus' dad, the last time you hear about him was when Jesus was the age of 12 years old. So the people who started and celebrated with you in your moment of goodness at the beginning don't rely on them too much because they may not be there with you at your moment of ending. The man who led me to the Lord, he still pastors an amazing church, but he's not with me on this part of my journey right now. I still call him. I still text him. I still thank him for the day that we celebrated my goodness and seeing the goodness of God together. But the man who led me to the Lord wasn't meant to be with me on my whole journey. And so some of the people who are with you when you experience the moment of God's goodness aren't going to be with you at the end of your ministry, at the end of your time, at the end of your life, all the way through your journey with God. And this is so important because many of us begin to rely on people that are going to come and go rather than rely on Jesus who is the same yesterday, the day, and forevermore the same in our life. And listen, some of you aren't meant to be in Sulphur Springs all your life. I know some of you are grief-stricken by that statement. And some of you are meant to be in Sulphur Springs all your life. And so those of you who are with you at the beginning of your journey ain't necessarily going to be with you at the end of your journey. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's been there from the beginning. He will be there at the end of your journey. And in this time frame that goes on, you got to choose that I'm going to focus and continue to see his goodness no matter who comes and no matter who goes. And he's got to be your Jesus. I want to encourage some of you who are in a tough place right now. Some of you even saw my Facebook post this morning. Merry Christmas is a great time for, for some of us to celebrate, but many time people, it's a time of tragedy. It's a time where you're missing something. 
You may be missing a loved one who's not here. You may be missing a family member who's not here. You may be missing a close friend who's not here. But can I tell you, it's Jesus Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And if you'll shift your attention to him, if you'll fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher and the perfecter of your faith, the very peace of God that transcends all understanding, the Bible says, will guard your heart and it'll guard your mind in Christ Jesus. And it'll make it a lot easier that some people who started your journey with you aren't going to be here at the end of it with you but here's what you get to celebrate if they knew Jesus and you know Jesus there's a day coming there's a time of celebration coming where it's not you're gone forever it's I'll see you soon and you need to take great great peace in your life of the I'll see you soon's that God has planned for you and I've been praying for healing in many of your lives all day long but listen to what Mary goes on to say But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, according to Luke 3.19. See, she understood that people would come and go. But what she treasured in her heart, she would carry forever. What she treasured in her heart would last over time. And what I believe she treasured in her heart were not the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They were the things that God spoke to her about her son. And so in the midst of you experiencing the goodness of God, I want to make this statement, and I hope you catch the fullness of it. It is absolutely possible for you to be so wrapped up in the goodness of God that you forget about the God who gave the goodness. It is so easy, and it's absolutely possible for you to be so wrapped up in the goodness of God that you forget about the God who gave the goodness. Many of you have been through what we call in ministry peaks and valleys, ups and downs. And in the midst of the times of goodness, you celebrate with God for a moment, but the element of time sets in and you get so used to the goodness that you forget about the God who gave the goodness. And in this time, I want you to begin to to realize that I said, Mary, when Jesus was born and all the celebration happened and they experienced the goodness with her, she wasn't just celebrating Christmas morning. She was on a 33-year journey with Jesus. And in the midst of the 33-year journey, she lost the Son of God. I'll prove it to you. I'm fixing to read you the story. When Jesus was 12 years old, Mary lost the Son of God. Mary lost Jesus. Now, now I'm not going to knock this too much. My kids haven't reached the age of 12 yet. And some of you parents, I know you've forgotten kids some, somewhere at some point sometime, right? So, so, don't, so don't look too down on Mary. But the point I want to make through this is that in the midst of all the goodness of God that you experience, do not get your eyes so focused on the goodness that you get them off God. Here's the story. In Luke 3, verses 41 through 51, it says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom. And when the feast was ended and they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, and his parents did not know it. 
But supposing him to be in the group, they went, out, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among the relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. astonished and his mother said to him, Son, Why have you treated us so? I love that. Jesus, son of God, you're wrong. Why have you treated us so? And he said, behold, or she said, behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth as was, and was submissive to them. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and his mother, again, here's the same, same, same verbiage, treasured up all these things in her heart. And I look at Mary's life, and anytime it talks about her treasuring things in her heart, there's a lesson that she learned. And in this, I want us to begin to understand that it is absolutely possible to be so wrapped up in the goodness of God that we lose f- sight of the God who gave the goodness. And Jesus said this, and I want to I want I want to bring this to to a place called home tonight. And Jesus said this to his parents: Did you not know that I must be in my Father's house? I'm not sure where you're at in your spiritual walk. I'm not sure what you're going through in your life, but I do know this: There are some of you who, in your life, have lost focus of some of the things going on in your life. And you're yearning with everything that's in you. You're yearning with all that's in your life to say, I just want to hear the voice of God again. I just want to hear Jesus again. And the Bible says this, that the parents were searching diligently for Jesus. And some of you have been searching diligently for Jesus. But I'm here about about to give you the good news because Jesus said, did you not know that I must be in my Father's house? And tonight, if you're sitting here searching for Jesus, be encouraged because you are in the Father's house. And as TWBC, we call it a place called home. And home is where the presence of the Father is. And so if you're here tonight and you've been diligently searching, whether it's for salvation, whether it's for healing, whether it's for restoration, whether it's for depression to be gone, whether whatever the issue in your life that you've been searching for, I'm telling you, Jesus is in the house tonight. And I'm telling you that he is here and he will meet every one of your needs before tonight is done. He is that good. And... As the worship team comes and the ministers come, I want to close my message like this. We started out this year with a series called Home. And in this series called Home, we said this. Home is where the presence of the Father is. Home is where the presence of the Father is. And so tonight, if you're here, you're in a place that we call home. Jesus said this, if you've been searching diligently, did you not know that I must be in my father's house? If you're here tonight, you're not here by accident. You're not here by chance. You're here with a purpose and you're here on purpose because Jesus, God was looking at your life and saying, you need some kind of encounter with Jesus tonight. You need some kind of encounter tonight with Jesus.